It really is um, all about what I'm going to be talking about today. Um, to the river I am going. You know, come and cleanse me. Come forgive me. Lord, I need to meet you there. Precious Jesus, I am ready to surrender every care. Take my hand now. Lead me closer. Lord, I need to meet you there. And that's uh, pretty much what, what we're going to be talking about this morning. And so why don't, why don't you join me? Let's pray before I begin. So, Father, we uh, come before you now. Speak to us, God. Father, thank you that you long to speak to us. And you speak to us uniquely, each and every individual here. You speak to us in our own way. You know us. You know our innermost being. You know us so intimately. And so, Father, I pray that as I speak, that you would take the words like it hits a prism and just goes and meets us where we're at, wherever we are at this morning. So we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Before I just uh, jump into the, uh, to the talk, this morning I'm really going to be, it's more of an introduction to this series that we're starting and we're going to be on this topic at least until Advent um, and, you know, Advent is a specific time where we do specific things, especially before Christmas, and we may jump back into this topic. It's a very deep topic uh, in the new year, but um, before, I, before we get in, I just want to give you a bit of an update. Um, this past Friday, I was at the Whole Life Expo, and uh, if you were here last week, we had a guest speaker preach um, here. His name was Yari Koivu, and... Um, Finland, right? Nick, he's from Finland. Yeah, Koivu, like Saku Koivu. <laughs> yeah, Sid, he mentioned you said that. But uh, <clears throat> anyway, uh, he spoke about ministering to spiritual seekers. Uh, another way of, you know, another word for that is the new agers, people who are hungry for spiritual things. And uh, he had mentioned how there's a growing number of people in this country um, who have a hunger for spiritual connection and you know what we can see that we can see the evidence of that in the number of psychic shops and tarot card shops and all sorts of things that are popping up um, even in our city and um, it, it just shows that there is this hunger in people and I've, I've always had my mind on wanting to go to um, you know this kind of a place to see how Jesus can meet people because Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. He's the life. He brings life. And um, yeah, Jesus can meet people even there. And so I went uh, to the Whole Life Expo together with the Broadlands, Heather and Wayne, and we had a great time. And I just want to share a couple of things. First of all, I just, I, the one thing I noticed was how hungry people are for connection with God. They just don't know it. It's, un, it's incredible how hungry people are. We were, our booth, it was called the Open Sky Cafe. And uh, it didn't have any religious um, language attached to it. It was simply um, healing ministry, spiritual readings. That's what the, you know, for the New Age um, 
community, that's a, whoa, spiritual readings. But really, it's just praying and uh, receiving words from the Lord, words of knowledge, prophetic ministry, and so on. Um, but, but the way they package it is spiritual readings. Come and receive a spiritual reading, you know. And uh, yeah, that's quite outside the box, I'll tell you. But you know what? God, God moved in that way. And so we had, um, there, we were in this uh, lineup of different spiritual you know, things. <laughs> we had a Tao healer next to us. There was some karma energy people next to them and all sorts of, you know, Reiki type healing and gongs and bells and all this spiritual stuff. And people were going there. People were going to receive ministry at these places. And uh, we found ourselves in the midst of that, bringing the Holy Spirit you know, bringing the truth to that. And it was just so cool. Um, And people started coming. And you know what? Everyone who came, we said, we are followers of Jesus and we connect with the Holy Spirit and we just wait for him to speak and then we'll share what he says. Is that okay with you? And they're like, yeah. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. And so, you know, we had a number of people come. And uh, just a couple stories to share with you. One, there was this lady that, you know, she was obviously into a lot of this new age stuff. And she sat down. And the moment she sat down, she said, you know, I just feel this really positive energy right now where I'm sitting. And I'm like, that's the Holy Spirit. (laughs) That's the Holy Spirit. She's like, yeah, I just, I don't understand. There's just so much peace here. There's so much good energy it's like, yeah, well, can we pray for you? Yes. And so we prayed for her. Um, and afterwards, we're like, you know, bless you. Have a good night. And she was like, thank you. But she wouldn't leave. She didn't want to get out of the chair. Right on. And I'm like, see ya. <laughs> you know, people are waiting, but see ya. She's like, I just feel such good energy here. And she sat there for a few minutes just not wanting to leave. And I'm like, wow. Just in that moment thinking, that's God. Right? That's God. There's all these other possibilities for people to connect with something. And and they're not getting it fully. But here's this woman who is seeking for God and she's finding him in all the, you know, just in a way that she never thought possible. Right? And so she eventually got up and she went. Well, there was this other lady that came. This is a really cool testimony. She sat down. She's like, I would like a spiritual reading, please. Okay. And I, and I let them know, you know, right from the start. Just so you know, this isn't a psychic reading. Okay? It's not the same thing. A psychic reading is different. What we're doing is we're connecting with God's spirit. And we're just going to ask him to show us things and we'll share with you. Is that okay? Oh, yeah, sure. So then we're just, you know, just sitting around being quiet with our eyes closed. And all of a sudden... Um, I got this picture of this lady who was sitting, singing, and making music. And I just said, do you sing? Do you make music? And she goes, her eyes just went boom like this. How did you know? I just started taking lessons, playing the ukulele, and my instructor told me that I should start singing. And it was like this 
wow, how did you know that? I'm like, wow, that's so cool. Yeah, the Lord, it's not me. It's the Holy Spirit. And, you know, my sense is that God, the Holy Spirit is going to show you things. Um, you know, all the things that you've gone through in life, a lot of the hurts and a lot of the tough situations you've gone through, your singing, your songwriting is going to bring healing to those areas. And not only to yourself, but it's going to help other people. And she was just, wow, thank you. She was just so blessed, and, and she went and, went and, and left. And we, we were able to pray for her in Jesus' name, right? And, um, you know, that was just so amazing to see, you know, and we, I'm sure there's, there's other stories, um, but God met people there, and it was just such an honor to see that. We even saw a woman, this was, this was really neat, uh, this one lady was brought in in a wheelchair, and I thought, oh, man. <laughs> Here we go. She comes in in a wheelchair. Her daughter wheeled her in. And uh, there were some folks, three people, they, they just laid hands. We always ask, is it okay if we lay hands on you? She said, yes, yes. And so we prayed. And all of a sudden, she's like, I feel heat in my legs. I'm like, wow, really? She's like, yeah, I just, I, I feel heat and there's less pain. And I'm just going to stand up. And she stood up and she walked out pushing her wheelchair. We're like, <laughs> I'm, I'm like... My reaction was, you know, bling, 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 bling. You know? Am I seeing this? Is, this? is this true? Maybe she could always walk. You know, I'm just thinking like that. But I was just bling, bling. Wow. Just God doing his thing, you know. And that's why these people are coming. They're coming for healing. They're coming for uh, answers in the, in, the, in the new age. And they receive it through the power of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. How amazing is that? Right? They're getting the real deal. And so it was an honor to be there. And uh, God is good. He, uh, <laughs> he definitely moves outside of our box. You know, he really does. And so it was really cool to see that. Now, um, last week, so we had Yari speak. And uh, we heard about his unique ministry and how he goes to these uh, whole life expos. He goes to psychic fairs. He does a lot of very unique ministry. And... Um, one of the things that he mentioned last week actually stuck with me, and it's the reason why I wanted to do this series with us this morning, but uh, he said something. He told us a story of a man that he was ministering to. It was a Jewish man who was into the New Age, and um, this, this, this man came to one of his retreats, and he said, you know, he said something about the spiritual state of many Christians today, and he said, you know, if I knew that I was going to be going to heaven someday, if I just knew, 100% knew, that I would be going to heaven one day, I would be the happiest person in the world. Why are Christians so miserable? And you know, at first I thought, ouch, right? That's not nice to say. But I thought about it, and you know, I was really disturbed by that. I was very disturbed now, I understand that as Christians who come to know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we still deal with our sin issues. There are still brokenness issues in us. We can't deny that, right? We, we do experience that, but it still bothered me, you know? And that night, last Sunday, after he spoke that night, I mean, it bothered me so much I couldn't sleep. I was rolling around in my bed up until like two in the morning. I couldn't sleep. And it wasn't because of coffee. For real, it wasn't because of coffee. It was seriously because I was just, my mind was racing. Does this have to be this way? And I was wrestling with God. Now, if you know me, if you've gotten to know me over the years that I've been here, I, I take God at his word. I read this and I say, God, you said this. 
I'm, I want to hold you to what you said here because I believe it's true. I don't believe some of it's true. I believe it's totally true. 100%. What we see in the pages of this, of the word, God's word, it's true. And so I hold him to things like that and I say, God, doesn't 2 Corinthians 5.17 say that if anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation, a new life begins. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Didn't you say that? What's going on here? Why is it so different? A new life has begun for those who belong in Christ, belong to Christ. But sometimes we don't see it. Sometimes it's tough to see that new life in action. Right? And as Christians, even though we've tasted and seen that the Lord is good, Even though we have experienced God's goodness in our lives, God's provision, God's grace, his love, even though we've experienced some of these things, we still experience the broken aspects of our old nature today. Why? Why? It bothered me. Does it have to be that way? Does it always have to be that way? The next day on the Monday, I came into the office and... uh, um, our office is a mess. It's going to take a while to get it back together. But, you know, just to get, because we were doing renovations, carpeting, everything had to be removed um, and placed into the storage bin out there. And so, in a way, it was good because um, I inherited Pastor Nick's office and I didn't change it since then. So I'm like, <laughs> it's totally different now, eh, Nick? Anyway, I'll show you later. But... Uh, <clears throat> You know, getting rid of all the things, moving everything out, it actually gave me some, you know, a vision for what I want in there. And uh, I want it to be more of like a coffee shop style rather than a study with all my books. And I don't even read those books anyway. Why do I have so many books? You know, it's like, (laughs) come on, who am I kidding? You know, I'm not a scholar, but it looks like I am. You know, I've got all these books. But uh, I'm like, you know, I just want to be real. I'll just keep some books and uh, open up some space for a little coffee note because I love coffee. And uh, by the way, anytime you guys want to have a a coffee meeting or whatnot, I have some great coffee, okay? Pour over coffee. I mean the real deal. Not not in a machine, right? Good stuff, right? And so anyways, anyways, get back to, get back on point here. What was I talking about? Oh, yeah. So... One of the things that I wanted to change in my office was my desk, okay? So this desk, it's an old desk, very old, probably from like 1930s Depression era or something. I don't know. It was old. But uh, it was, it's made of solid wood, which is good, right? But it, it, just, it was old. It felt old. It looked old. And so I thought, you know, I want to I wanna do something with this. You know, rather than getting a new desk, maybe I'll just paint this one. And so I, I bought some chalk paint. Anyone ever heard of uh, chalk paint, right? It's uh, paint that, well, it looks like a chalkboard, I guess. It's a grainy, it's a, it's, a, it's a thing now, I guess. And it looks cool. And so I bought some uh, charcoal gray chalk paint and painted the desk, and it looks great. And uh, as I was uh, painting the desk, I began to have a revelation, about what I was doing and how similar this was with many people's spirituality. You see, the desk wasn't a new desk. I wasn't getting a new desk. It was just the old desk getting covered with paint. The scuffs, the scratches, they're all still there. They're just being covered up, you know. And this is what came to me as I was doing this. Many of us in the church are good at doing things for God. 
We're great at doing things for God. We're good at studying the scriptures, going to church, leading and helping in various ways. And you know, those are so good. There really are good things. But they can be surface level things that prevent us from going deeper with God. The activity that we do, they can just be surface level. It actually doesn't take us deeper with God. And you know, Jesus gives a really great teaching on this principle. In the story of Mary and Martha in Luke chapter 10, verse 38, let me read it for you. It says this, now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted. Yeah, I find that word amazing. Martha was distracted. Here's Jesus in her house. And in her mind, she's like, I'm going to do things for Jesus. Yet the word that in the ESV that's used there is actually all that work was a distraction from Jesus. Isn't that amazing? So she's distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. Wow. Often we think that we get closer to God by doing things, by doing a lot of stuff. But sometimes doing things for God is actually running away from him. We actually, we get lost in our activity for God that we take, we forget to take time to just be with God, to just experience his love again, to experience his grace again, experience his presence again, to hear from him. We, we neglect that and we neglect true deep inner transformation that comes from a relationship with God. In all that activity for God, we actually think that we're okay. But deep down, we're not really changing. You know, I found myself like this. I'm a pastor. I'm preaching sermons every Sunday. Sometimes leading up here worship. Leading prayer meetings. Discipling others. Doing a lot of stuff. But deep down, it wasn't, I wasn't really changing. I'm one way here. But then I go in my car and I'm driving. You know, do you, you ever, I don't know if I'm alone in, in, in being like this, okay? Especially with all the construction, right? So, you know, wow. You, if, there, if there was a dash cam on my car, I don't think I'd be the pastor anymore, man. You guys would be like, what in the world? But anyway, the, if you're, if you're, in a line of cars, and there's a lane like this, and it merges into the lane you're in, okay? And you're waiting in line, you're being patient, you're waiting in line, and some person, was, yeah, let's be nice, I was going to be meaner than that, John, but thank you, you know, decides they're going to come all the way up and, and, and butt it, do you, I just, ah! And it's like, wow, where'd that come from, you know? I'm one way at the church, but at home, different, you know. I don't think I'm alone in saying this, am I? I don't think so, right? But I don't know about you. I'm tired. I'm tired of being that way. 
so tiring. It's exhausting. It's like a hamster on a wheel. I'm tired. I'm tired of surface level Christianity. And I need a deep inner transformation. And you know, a few years ago, God has been taking me on a journey. And uh, it started with counseling. I I received some counseling. Uh, I'm not ashamed of that. Um, It was necessary. And that started a journey uh, in my life towards what is called emotionally healthy spirituality. And I got this uh, title from a book, actually, um, right here. Uh, called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality by Peter Scazzaro. And uh, this is just an amazing, amazing book that I picked up not long ago. And uh, Peter, Peter Scazzaro is a pastor of New Life Fellowship in New York. And he comes in, he, he's just so open about his struggles. And here he is, a pastor in New York City, big church. On the outside, you would think, wow. What a man of God. I mean, he's got multiple services, thousands of people in his church, Spanish uh, congregation in his church, um, doing great things, preaching, you know, great sermons, and God's moving, doing great things. But his marriage was falling apart. His home life was falling apart. And things were just not right. Everything was surface level. The deep stuff was actually not so, not so good until one day, years after being in the ministry, his wife said, you know, I don't want to be in your church. I'm not going to come to your church. Um, I'm done. And so that uh, sparked a journey for him on being emotionally healthy, spiritually. And so he, um, you know, he, he shows his journey on how he, God transformed him from the inside out and uh, has been transforming not only himself, but his family, his marriage, his kids, his church. And uh, it's just amazing. And when I heard that, I was like, man, I want that. I want that for myself. I want that for our family. I want that for our church, right? So that we can be truly, you know, healthy, healthy people. Um, In his book, Peter Scazzaro mentions that many Christians today are like iceberg Christians, okay? The part that you see is 10%, and that's the part that's above water, but there's 90% that's hidden that people don't see. So at church, you see the 10%, right? You see the 10%, that shines, and it's, it seems like it's the 100% of who we are, but it's really the 10%. And sometimes we want to portray that 10% to be who we really are, but deep down it isn't. When we go home from church, it's different, totally different story. On the outside, things look good, but deep down, emotionally, spiritually, you need God to move in your life because it's not the same thing. And if you're here and that's you, I want you to know two things, okay? Number one, you're not alone, okay? You're not alone. And number two, there is a way to go deeper and experience greater freedom in your life. There absolutely is. I'm on that journey and it's amazing. Jesus said, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Jesus came to bind up the brokenhearted. My God is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Nothing's impossible with God. Nothing's impossible. And so my hope for this series For however long it's going to be, I'm not sure. But my hope for this series is that we will go deeper into what is called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. Those of you who are avid readers, I would recommend this book. It's actually really good. Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. Okay? And so the... For the next however long we're going to be on this series, I'll be using principles from the scriptures uh, as well as points from this book. Um, Um... 
uh, on this journey towards emotionally healthy spirituality. So to get back, though, to 2 Corinthians 5.17, you know, it talks about Christians being a new creation, a new life beginning, right? We, what does that mean, right? The old has passed away, the new has come. What does that mean? We've been given a new identity. As Christians, we've been given a brand new identity, When we come to know the Lord as our Savior, we've been given a new identity. We've been given the righteousness of Christ. Not based on what we did, based on what Jesus did on the cross for us. Okay? Not based on what we did. But every one of us, the newness comes in stages. It doesn't come all all at once. If it did, if it came all at once, we'd be perfect. We'd be perfect at loving God and loving others. The two greatest commandments, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. We do that perfectly. And if we did that perfectly, nobody would be saying that we are uh, miserable people. Crazy maybe, okay? Crazy maybe, but not miserable or irritable or judgmental, right? People wouldn't say that. But it takes time. It takes There's a deeper reason behind our inner struggles, and that's what this whole series is going to be about. And so for today, it's more of a more of an introductory um, sermon for what's going to be up ahead. Um, But what I did want to touch on was this: the fact that we do things for God while running from God, and that's something that I believe at Trinity we need to really uh, be aware of, um, because there is a difference. Doing things for God isn't always getting closer to God. It could be running away from God. I mentioned earlier that, you know, we're good at doing good things. We're good at, we have programs. We have strategies for bringing people to the Lord. We have, and and they're great things. We love the Alpha Course. We love that. We love the Bible studies that we hold, the prayer meetings, the prayer summits. These are great things. The Hearing God Seminar, the Set Free Retreat. They're necessary things that we do. We need to do those things, right? Um, But we're, we're good at doing that. And in the West in general, the church in the West is very good at knowledge, at acquiring knowledge, at teaching and, and discipling. We're good at doing things for God. One thing that we need to learn is slowing down. Okay? This is something the church in the West needs to learn. We need to be able to be still and know that he is God. That is something that in the West we often neglect. Um, sometimes it seems like it's a waste of time doing nothing. How can, what do you mean, be still? I can't be still. I gotta go, go, go. You know, and part of that, it comes from our culture, um, that, that driven culture, that work hard culture. It comes from our culture, right? Um, but with God, sometimes it's backwards. Be still. Slow down. Right? Get to know God by being still, taking time to meditate and listen. Oh, that is such a, a tough thing to do, right? Sometimes it's very tough, especially in our prayer life, because in our prayer, we're, we, again, when we pray, we, we can pray to God very well, but hearing from God is almost foreign in the West. But we need to learn to do that. That contemplative lifestyle is what nourishes our souls and helps us to develop into emotionally healthy beings. Peter Scazzaro writes that one cannot be spiritually mature while being emotionally immature. Okay? In fact, that's actually what's written on the book here. It is impossible to be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature. And I thought, really? Wow. 
slowing down to be with God, to connect with God, to listen to God, is what helps us develop into emotionally and spiritually healthy, mature human beings. Because it is in the stillness that we allow God to speak into our fears. It's in the quiet that we allow God to speak into our insecurities, our loneliness, our brokenness. We allow God, and that's what this song is all about, right? Precious Jesus, I am ready to surrender every care. Take my hand now. Lead me closer. Lord, I'm here to meet you there, right? That we need to learn how to do this and do this well because it's in the stillness that we actually experience God more and hear him speak to us. This past Tuesday meeting at our prayer prayer meeting, uh, Lori Given, I'm going to ask him to come up in a moment, but uh, he, he shared of how he was able to take some time to connect with God. Um, the previous night, we had a, a board meeting and, and Lori had to wait like an hour and a half. I, I won't get, go too much into it, Lori, I'll have you share with us, but uh, he shared something and I thought this is, this is exactly what we're talking about today. And so why don't we just uh, welcome Lori Given as he shares uh, his testimony. Thank you, James. <clears throat> Normally, I'm, I'm okay with standing in front of people and talking, but today I'm quite <laughs> apprehensive. I'm a bit nervous, but because I'm going to talk about myself. <laughs> you know, before I was saved, I could talk about myself all day long because it was covering up who I really was. And over the last 30 years, I've been trying to, you know, trying to get to, this, to the root of my problem. And not very successfully. God works on me in, in different ways. And in the last, I'd say, last five years, he's been doing a real work in me. And I've been shedding things off and shedding things off and shedding things off. And one of the things I've learned recently is journaling. And I'm not very good at it. But I really want to do it well. So I don't do it every day, but I, I just found myself Sunday... Was it Sunday? Monday night. See, I can't even remember what day it was. Monday night, an hour and a half in the portable, and I didn't have my Bible with me, which I usually do, but I have one in my cell phone. So I'm sitting there all by myself, and I said, what am I going to do for an hour and a half? And, oh, I'll put on some music. So I found Southland Soaking CD. And I put it on, and I turned it up. And I sat there, and even in that noise, I felt the Lord was going to speak to me. And I said, okay, what do I do? And he said, grab one of those journals that they're on the, they're on the table there. So I did. And uh, I have a journal on my desk at home, and I use it occasionally. <laughs> and I do write stuff in it, but I didn't bring that one with me. I wanted to share with you what, what the Lord was showing me on, Sunday, or on Monday night. And I just said, okay, I'm going to write something down here. So I pulled out my pen. So I wrote down the date. And I wrote, listening to soaking music before the combined board meeting. <laughs> so you put a time and place there. I don't know why I did that, but it's kind of important, I suppose, if I go back and read this again and I can reflect on when it was and why I was doing it. So I didn't know what to do next, and somebody that I love dearly taught me, said, well, if you don't know what to say or ask in the prayer time and meditation, why don't you just ask God what he wants to talk to you about? What question do you have for me, Father? 
what question do you want me to ask for you? So I wrote down, what do you want to talk about, Father? He says, I want you to know that I love you unconditionally. Now, this goes to a, a, something that happened three or four weeks ago where I got a revelation of the Father's love while I was meditating in my room. And <clears throat> he spoke to me clearly. I said, Father, who am I praying to? And he says, I'm the Father who loves you. And so that came to me, and I wrote it down. So I said, well, why do I feel alone and unloved? Now, I've talked about, with him about being alone, but I never wrote down that word on love before. He says, you keep trying to hide from me. You react to me as you did to your earthly father out of fear of judgment that I will punish you. My father punished my brother and I quite regularly for silly things or, yes, and some things that deserved it. But he went overboard, and I was afraid of that. So I never had a good relationship with my earthly father. I often feel that I am not worthy of your goodness and love, even though you have blessed me in many ways. I can't seem to let go of the things that I've done wrong. Can you take that away from me? Can you take those feelings away? He said, I did, at the cross. But you don't seem to understand the depth of what I did there. You see, when you go to the Father, he is so truthful that it hurts. And he just hit me right in the right spot. He said, I am the one who healed you. Oh. So I asked him, how can I receive that healing and all that you did for me on the cross. And I had to sit and wait on that one for a while because he's done a lot for me in this building and in other places. And he's healed me from a lot of things. And he said, just surrender to me each time you admonish yourself. This is the, this is the, the area that I have trouble with. I have trouble with the things that I've done in the past, and I keep beating myself up for it. And he said, surrender to me each time you admonish yourself or are tempted. Remember Philippians 3, verse 10. So, you know, he brought that scripture to me while I was in India with my brother last uh, November, December, and I go to it quite often, and I find myself praying about it quite often. So I went to it, and I read it, and it says, Paul speaking to the church in Philippi, he said, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. And so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. And what I was receiving from that is I've, I've been thinking about and praying about that over the last few days. And what he showed me was that, I, I, that he knew everything about me 
And he wants to share what he knows about me. And he wants me to share with him. And the only way we can do that is if I'm talking with him and he's talking with me and I'm listening to what he has to say. And what I found out was that that's what he wants from us. He wants us to be in a relationship with him so we can talk to him about the things that hurt us, the things that are bothering us, the things that we need to, the things that we need to have die, to die in us. And what I got out of this was that I, you know, God works in me in, in, in pieces and he, and he takes these things out and he, and I die to that little piece. And then he comes in and, I, and resurrects himself in me in that piece. Yeah, does it work like totally full time all the time? No, I have to come back to it, come back to it, come back to it. But Monday night was like the first time that I actually felt there was some resurrection. There was some resurrection. And that, that's what we are attaining to. You know, yes, we talk about the resurrection, his resurrection from the dead, from the tomb, and ascending to the Father. And we talk about, you know, we being resurrected after this life. But what about the resurrection while we're in this life of the things that we experience? And the only way I can get to the things that I need to be resurrected in are the thing is to talk to him. And learning to journal is that way for me. I've learned it. I've, I've seen different methods. I like the one where you put your initial down or God's initial down and you write the question down, what he gives you, and then you wait for the answer and you answer it. And you write it down. And it's amazing how brutally honest that process is. And for me, it's, it's needed to be that Rudely honest and transparent. You know, we've, we've, we are known by our testimony. It's actually the testimony of Jesus Christ. It's our experience through him. And I've heard a couple this morning, and I know a couple of the people that are here today giving their testimony, and I know a bit about what's going on in their life, and, I, you know, I just thank God that they're here, and they're sharing themselves, being transparent with us so that we can pray for them and open up their hope for them. And in journaling... In a quiet time by myself, that hope comes alive. So I just encourage you that if you don't journal, try it. You might like it. You might hate it, but you might like it. <laughs> so I just leave that with you, and thank you, Lord, for, for allowing me to share this with this group today. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, he shared more than what he shared on Tuesday at our prayer meeting, and that's just so powerful. Thank you, Lori, for sharing that. Um, you know, this is not an easy process. I'll just say right from the start, it's not easy, but it's worth it. It's worth it because we experience that resurrection, the resurrected life of Jesus inside us, that hope, that passion, that love, the embrace of God. We, we experience that. It changes who we are, right? And that flips around. I mean, it, it, it makes us less icebergs uh, and more just those who are uh, completely in love with God and love, uh, loving others. And so, uh, you know, church, again, this is not going to be an easy, easy process for us. And, you know, I'm not going to be too pushy on us because, you know, it's, again, it's not easy. Some of, some of the things that we're going to do is revisiting, like uh, Lori mentioned about his father, his relationship with his father. For some people, that's not an easy thing to do, and I, I don't want to um, 
push or even heap condemnation on any of us, but, you know, just go at it at the pace that you are comfortable with. But uh, uh, this is something that I think is very important because we need to experience God's rest and work out of that rather than working, working for rest. Because when we work, work, work for rest, we don't really get the rest. It's not really resting. It's pausing for a moment and then running again and then pausing for a moment and running again. But Jesus came so that we can have rest all the time. We can live out of that rest. And that's what I want us to experience in this church, right? Because we are doing a lot of great things. The Set Free Retreat coming up. It's going to be addressing some of these issues. Prayer Summit this Wednesday, we're going to go into some listening prayer exercises. So these are all good things. Um, But it helps us to live out of rest rather than strive for it. And so, bless you. Let me pray for you and then we can go. So, Father, um, you really are a good father. And experiencing your love and your embrace is something that truly transforms our lives. To develop into human beings and not be human doings, (laughs) but be human beings, just to be with you, to be still and know that you are God. This is something that you've created us for. That's what you created us for, (laughs) to be with you. So Lord, I pray that as we go on our way, back to back to the grind father would you speak to us and bring us to places times open up a space in our lives where we could just be still wherever that may be however that looks for us on an individual level that we can take time to just be still and connect with you and let all the other things the worries the striving the frustrations the fears just to leave it to let it all go to leave it at the foot of the cross and just be with you. Give us those times where we can do that this week, Lord. We love you, God. We thank you for all that you're doing. Would you continue to move in us so that we could become emotionally healthy spiritually? In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen, amen, and amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week.